bless you, saints. Good morning. I greet you all in the name of our precious Lord Jesus. Let's just sing this morning. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. Draw me nearer and nearer. I am thine, O
promised when we gathered in his name that he would be with us. We know no gathering is ever in vain. Amen. As long as we're here, his Holy Spirit is here as well. We're going to go to prayer at this time. Maybe the brothers could just come and prepare for the morning offering as well. And Brother Tim Dodd, can I just ask you maybe to open the service for us in a word of prayer? We do just want to continue to remember our brother Henry Waldner. We've seen some improvement. We're glad to hear the testimony and looks like he may even be able to come home tomorrow. We're certainly grateful for that. We're desiring to see a full healing. Amen. There'd be no trace of that demon left in his body and he would be raised up and restored. Amen. So may the Lord strengthen him, be with the family, Sister Elizabeth, also with the boys. Also, we want to remember our brother EBA. He's in the hospital needing a touch from the Lord, asking that God would just move also on that situation. Amen. Many needs. We want to continue to remember the saints in Ukraine, also the saints in Russia and other places affected by this. We know the Lord is with us. Amen. Brother Tim, would you come please at this time and just open the service for us in a word of prayer. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. If you have a need, why don't you just hold that before the Lord as we come before the Almighty One. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is a sacred time that we have gathered together this morning. Lord, you saw and you mentioned it to Job. Lord, you saw in your great economy the sons of God shouting for joy. You saw the morning stars singing together, Lord. Before there was anything, you recognized all of those things, Lord. You saw this service this morning, Lord in your thoughts before the foundation of the world. That great foreknowledge that Brother Murphy spoke about on Wednesday, Lord. You knew we would be here. You knew that we would be holding up Brother Henry, oh God. And Lord, that we would be rejecting, Lord, this evil thing that has come against him. And Lord, the doctors may do what they do, but you alone are the healer, oh God. And Lord, you made propitiation at Calvary, Lord. You provided a way. You suffered stripes and you did not do it in vain, O oh Lord. You endured those that by your stripes we might be healed. We claim that for Brother Henry. We claim it for Brother Ibia this morning, Lord. It is a promise of your word. He's been struggling physically. Now the doctors have told him what the trouble is. But the trouble, Lord, is you are a very present help in a time of trouble. And Lord, we call you on the scene 
in the name of Jesus Christ. May you just dissolve every trouble, oh God. May you just deliver your son from the hand of the enemy, oh God. We send forth our prayers that he might be quickened even now, Lord. Let the thing leave him, oh God, we pray. Let it be dissolved, Lord. Let it just come subject to the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we're here to believe your word. We're here, Father, to claim redemptive blessings. We're not paying for them, Lord. Our prayers are not paying for them. Our attitude is not paying for them. They're already paid for, Lord. Our faith is laying hold on them this morning. And we claim them, Lord, for the glory of the kingdom of God, for the blessing of your people, Lord, for the anointing of this service. Even as Brother Tom steps behind the desk, may he sovereignly be in your hand, saying only what you would have him say, Lord, and being inspired of you. Lord, we commit this service to you that you might have the preeminence as we take up the offering. Lord, may you bless it, Lord. May you be pleased with our worship through offerings, Lord. In every way, we ask your blessing upon this service now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God bless you as you have your seats. We take up the offering. Maybe we can just sing together, You Are My Refuge. And Brother Tim Gertson has a special for us. Maybe you can come and get ready at this time as we sing this. Keep going back to these lyrics. You are my refuge, my sanctuary. I'm so grateful to have a sanctuary in a time like this, in a world that we live in. Amen. But he hides us under his wings. Let's sing this as Brother Tim comes and prepares for a special. You are my refuge, Lord, you are my sanctuary. Actually, um, we were hearing about the quickening power of the Lord in the services, and when I heard that phrase, I just thought, it's a, is there a song there maybe? And I just started on the piano, and something came to me. So I've had it sitting there, and thought, maybe now's the time. I'm thankful to be uh, playing with Silas here. It's nice to see the young ones rising up and doing specials and see him around at the school. I think we have another one coming up with a couple of young people also sometime soon. Uh, but, you know, even to 
the Lord was dealing with me and the thought of quickening power to like the life. You know, it's uh, even springtime now. That's the time when the life comes back and you know the life has gone into the roots in the winter and it's like dead and you might not see, might not seem like anything's going on, but the life is still there and then and there's a time when that life comes and the Lord, Lord has the season for that and he knows the seasons in our lives, but we just, at this time of the history, you know, it's kind of a crazy time we're living in, but I just want the, the life of the Lord to spring forth in our lives. So just pray that this song's a blessing. It's a little, it moves a little bit quick, so you're going to have to listen close to the words. Sometimes I wonder why I'm so discouraged I could cry when Jesus said he would be right here beside me. I just take a look around. This precious Jesus can be found. My life may fall to the ground, but he'll quicken me. Oh, Jesus, come and quicken my soul with your love. And may the single goal of my heart be things above. Oh, Jesus, show me where I can give as I labor. And may the life that I now live be laid down for my neighbor. Let go and let the Lord, let him equip you with his sword. It's quick and powerful, and now he'll show you how to live victoriously. He'll show you things that are to be. Surrender and you will see. He'll quicken you. Oh, Jesus, come and quicken my friend to receive you. Give faith to bring an end to the doubts. Help us believe you. Oh, Jesus, give us eyes to behold what you're doing. And with each day that unfolds, your will be pursuing. This day he sends us his light to quicken us. Oh, Jesus, come and quicken your bride. We're in great need. Let dead hearts spring to life by your word, Lord, by your seed. Oh, Jesus, send your quickening power. Restore us to the great things you've prepared in this hour just for us. The Lord will answer you. Don't be dismayed when plans fall through. Earth and heaven may shake, but you he won't forsake. He's strong when we are frail. He brightens up the darkest trail. That rising sun will not fail to quicken you. Oh, Jesus, come and quicken my soul with your love. And may the single goal of my heart be things above. 
Jesus, come, let's give it our best together. Soon we're going home to rest from these labors forever. That's quite the songwriting talent. Wonderful. Thank you, Brother Tim, Brother Silas. We're going to invite some of the Okello family. going to come sing for us at this time. Maybe, Sister Lois, you can come get ready. We do have a visitor we want to greet, Sister Jubilee. All here all the way from Georgia, originally from Nigeria, Fellowship by the West Ideals Church. God bless you. Nice to have you with us for some, for some time. Amen. Anyone else visiting with us, we just want to extend a warm greeting to you and say God bless you. It's good to have you with us this morning. Amen. Maybe just as they come, let's sing that chorus, Oh, what a friend that walks beside me. We did have one announcement also. We're just asking that prayer requests would just please be delivered to the, the minister study. We're getting a little bit of prayer requests ending up all over the place, sent to song leaders, deacons, and uh, it's helpful if we can see them ahead of time because sometimes it's very difficult to read your writing, I'll be honest, and then it's challenging to, to get it across in the way that it needs to be to be fair to the people and to the need as well. And let's just sing this chorus maybe one time just as they prepare now. Oh, what a friend who walks beside me.
growing up to be a fine young man. I just was speaking to Jed not too long ago as a mom, and I remember when they first came, Brother Gilbert, they were this high. And uh, when you see them taller than me, I'm feeling very old right now. But the answer indeed is on the way. Uh, there's two roads we'll sing before we go to the Word, um, but I'd like to make a couple of announcements we've prayed already um, I'm going to speak on a subject that is very simple yet it's so profound we as a people are needy there's nobody here that I don't think that could say I have no needs we're a needy people. But we know one thing. We have a God that can meet every need. It's not a question whether he can. He has. We have a need this morning. I want to see Brother Henry totally delivered by the power of God. I want to see Brother E.B.A. 
as I've been praying for him. He's got a growth behind his eye. Before the doctors operate, if that's the way it should go, that would be fine. But Lord, you can dissolve that thing. You can dissolve it. And I know you can meet that need. We have Brother Milko Rabbar be coming here this morning. And he wants prayer. I want to see Brother Milko raised up. I am not a type of person that likes to stay in the norm. I like to go into the realms where God is and say, oh God, meet every need according to your riches in glory. I had a conversation with Brother Ron Spencer this morning, a dear friend of all of ours, and indeed Brother Ed's and mine. He has a need this morning. We want to pray that the supplier of all our needs meet him. Sister Bev Charman, you're on my list. We want to see you totally. Amen. I want to see you so free that you just lift up your arms and you just start walking the aisles and say, praise be to God. The Lord God is my healer. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm serious. I've seen too much of the supernatural not to want more of the supernatural because he's a supernatural God and a a brother preached one time it's natural for God to be supernatural because that's what he is so if you have a need this morning I want you to reach out in in the realm of faith and watch God meet your need supernaturally wonderful specials this morning God bless those dear brothers and sisters we have a spring break that's coming up and many families will be going away for their holidays we want to remember them in prayer but mainly this morning I don't care who you are if you have a need stand to your feet let's just sing this course before we go to the word What your need, or there are two roads you may take. Keep that need on your mind, one by side, and one by side. I'll take the word of God, or what you'll see.
sing that first verse. There are two roads you may take. Let's forget that road. Heavenly Father, we believe the presence of the great I am is amongst the people this morning. We love your word. We love you for you are the word. We could either walk the road of sight or the road by faith. And so, Father, we'd rather take the road where you're walking. So, Father, this morning, we find a people that are needy. I find myself needy. But Father God, I know that you'll meet my need this morning. And every need that's in this sanctuary and those that may join with us Lord I pray that the blessings of God would rain upon their soul many many Lord have given to further this message to further this work and for that we are surely indebted to them Lord never even darken the doors of this assembly and a humble week by week of the giving of saints that just tie into this little church. I pray you'll meet their needs, Lord. Everyone that's made an effort to be here this morning, from the children to the oldest. Lord, there's many throughout the scripture, whether it be blind Bartimaeus, whether it be the woman that had a blood issue, Lord, they had needs. What I'm so thankful for, you were a very present help in time of trouble. And so, Father, we will look within the scripture. I just pray, God, you'll take the content of it, that you will revelate each and every one of us, Lord, to move us into a higher realm with this lovely Lord Jesus that we adore so much. Father, I pray now that as we go to the word, that you will open it to us, anoint speaker. And anoint the hearer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. Oh, I'm sorry, the musicians, you may leave. Please turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. If we 
don't believe what we read or hear this morning, whether it's last Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. We are just putting in time and playing church. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't want to do that. I don't want you to do that. But we know that wherever two or three are gathered, and we say that so often, but that's the scripture in his name. So Philippians 4, verse 19, the Bible reads, But my God, I want to say your God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Another translation says this, and my God will liberally supply. He will fill to overflowing your every need according to his riches in glory. Please turn to Psalms 40. You know, sometimes we have these kind of services that are just thought-provoking and moving us. Sometimes we have some stimulating services that are stimulating. Sometimes you just have some plain old lovely word being expounded. And this, I believe, is the kind of service we'll have this morning. Isaiah, I'm sorry, my mind is racing, forgive me. Psalms 40, verse 17. I am poor and needy. This is David. This is a king. This man was richer than you and I would ever dream to be. I don't believe he's talking about wealth. Something else. But I am poor and needy. But it does not just end there. Yet the Lord thinketh on me. And he then makes the declaration... Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. Let's read that one more time, please. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help, my deliverer. Make no tearing, O God. Lord, once again, would you... Bless not only the reading of the word, but the hearing of the word and this service in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. Let's read Revelation chapter 3. Beginning at verse 14. 
And unto the angel of the church of the Laodicean write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot, and I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I'm rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So now we're looking at two different subjects. David saying, I'm poor and needy. And now Jesus making a declaration that because you say you're rich and increased with goods, know you not that you are poor and naked and don't know it. That poor there means you're totally devoid. You're destitute. That's a different poor than David's talking about. And we will get into that. I will counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, white with raiment, and thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Be zealous, therefore, repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice, open the door, and I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. If we look at the age that we are living in and rub shoulders with every day, it is an age that grips men and women to conform to the ideologies and to its influences and captivates minds, souls, and spirits. It's inevitable. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of an age. It's a spirit where Satan would love to get a hold of weak minds and weak people. Actually, what he's doing, he's getting a hold of his own children. But there is a people that shall declare that I am indeed poor and needy, and thou thinkest of me, my help and my deliverer. We aren't in the same category as Laodiceans. We're in a different category. Yet it is an age of, I got it. I can do this. It's an age of the I, and the only person that I know that majors on I is Satan himself. I will ascend. I will. I will. Where Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. An age that can so grip a person, and Satan has a way of doing it so slippery, slickly, subtly. Yeah. Yeah. 
We can be young in our youth and in our vigor, and we can say that we are able to do a lot of things, and yet, indeed, you are more so than us that have gone along life's road a little bit longer. You have personal, individual strength, able to endure very um, much hard work, where others now, as we look at one another, say, well, we'll let the young fellows do, do this. And it almost is a thing where the fabric of this kind of society that we live in filters so quickly into the minds of our children that they think that they can achieve and can do anything that they want to do. And I'm not saying that you cannot do that. But if you don't do it with Christ, it's empty, it's hollow. And it's unsatisfying. Jesus goes on to say, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So now we're starting to see it's, we're not talking of wealth, we're not talking about what you can attain. This is a glorious sermon that Jesus spoke on the Beatitudes. And he begins his preaching with this scripture. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. What Jesus is actually saying is that poor person or that poor in spirit is not a person that puts himself forward or puts himself in what we call the limelight. He is the person that is, the Greek says, devoid of arrogance and devoid of self-importance and devoid of haughtiness. It's those who regard themselves insignificant in the presence of God Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's nobody that can go before God and feel lifted up. I'm sorry, friends. This is, not an, age, this is an age where everybody wants to be built up. It's showy. It's flashy. It's something that needs to be, be seen by others. But that is not our kingdom. Our kingdom is another kingdom. And blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, is those that regard themselves as insignificant. Yet, they can be bothered. They can be strained. They can be stressed. And they can be troubled. But we have a God that's the supplier of all our needs. 
Though you be stressed, he's going to meet that need. And he's the stress reliever. Though you be bothered, he's the bother remover. If something's bothering you, you have a need. You have a need. And why don't you just say, Lord, meet my need? (laughs) Take that bother away from me. Take that stress away from me. Take that strain away from me. Take the world away from me. We get so entrenched in self that we build up our own self-idol. And God will have no idols before him. You say, I can't change. This is what I am. You can change. I'm telling you, you can change. Jesus changed me. Jesus changed you. And he's still transforming. And he's still changing. Is that true? That's absolutely true. He's changed my mind. He's changed my heart. He has changed my spirit. He has changed everything about me. And I know he's, a, he's the same changer this morning that can change any one of us. And I'm determined and burdened enough because I just said, Lord, if it's for one, let this one get free. Let this one just get free from their bother and strain and stress of Laodicea. We don't got it. He's got it. Put your trust in Jesus, not in yourself. You can't put it in your bank account. You can't put it in your job. You can't put it in anything. Ask the Ukrainians right now what trust they had in their wealth. That is no banking system. There is no homes being destroyed. We should learn something from it, saints. Hold the things of this world very lightly. Because it can be taken away in a moment. But your character can never be taken away. This word molds and shapes a character that Laodicea can't even touch. He's my God. He's my helper. He's my deliverer. I am poor and I am needy. And come quickly, Lord. Come quickly. Spirit of the age tries to grip us hard. God's people aren't hard people. God's people aren't hard. Have you ever looked at a person that has a hard face and then see them get saved? It's just the face. Isn't it marvelous? I remember when I first got saved, the first night I pounded up the stairs of my mom and dad's home. Still had my long hair, still had my, I was still dressed the way I went out of the house. I came home and my dad looked on my face and he said, what happened to you? I said, dad, I was poor and needy, but Jesus met my need. I'm saved. The very thing I've desired since a boy. God met my need. So it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. You could be a king, as David, poor and needy. You could be the queen of Sheba. 
wealthy. They said at one place, one time I looked it up, her offering to Solomon, just to hear the wisdom of Solomon. She didn't even tend to church. Over $35 billion offering. And we can't give tithes. Well, she'll stand up in the day. But as wealthy as she was, she was poor and she was needy. But the Lord thought about her. And I want to tell you this morning, according to this message, if you're ever in the thought of God, you're always in the thought of God. And he's thinking of you this morning. He's thinking of your need. He's thinking of your burden. He's thinking of what your heart is crying for. We go too long. We used to sing a chorus, take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to 400 people and leave it there. We so often take these things that are dear and real on our hearts and our burdens and we unfortunately tell the whole world when there's a place you can be shut in with God and speak it and say it as, as passionately as you want. Jesus, I need you. I need you. Jesus, if you're unsaved this morning, you need him. If you're burdened, you need him. If you're troubled, you need him. Oh, Jesus, we sing the chorus. Jesus is passing this way. But we got so many songs that we get rattling through our brain that are so empty and shallow that we forget the songs that really matter. And there's a lot of the old ones you need to start singing. When Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What was he declaring? What was he asking us? Or what was he saying? Do we recognize that we have to see the view in which God sees us as creeping humanity, as Brother Biscoe used to preach years ago, as a speck, a dust on this globe. And we think so highly of ourselves. We're talking about an infinite God. We're talking about a mighty God. A God that blows the universe, galaxies, stars unending, knows them by name, boggles the mind of science in themselves. And yet that God knows you. Because David said, I'm poor and needy, but he thinketh of me. I want you to think this morning, Jesus is thinking of you. He's thinking of you, Brother Titus. He's thinking of you. I have children. He's thinking of you. He's my deliverer. We all have needs. Speak them. I claim Ashish. I claim Shekinah. I claim them. 
I'm not too lifted up to say my children don't have a need. They have a need. I have a need. Yeah, it would be good for some of you that just nod to open up your mouth and say, I am needy, Lord. I'm so needy of you. I am so needy. But we get stayed in our complex that has been created by self, family, and surroundings. But if you get in the presence of God, it's new surroundings. It's new influences. It's angels that are around you. It's God's presence that shapes you. But you have to get into that presence to change your demeanor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's Jesus saying, as I wrote down here, that we are to recognize our utter worthlessness? Of our own spiritual understanding of ourselves. And one writer one time wrote, he said, Do we have to understand that we are spiritually bankrupt? And my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and it's supply and demand, and my demand is his supply. Yes. Amen. And I might get into that. It's a whole principle in itself, supply and demand. But he's the supplier of all your needs. He's a supplier of all your demands. He, he'll save you if you want to. He'll deliver you if you want to. He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He will baptize you. He'll, whatever you want. He said, ask anything. I wonder what goes into that anything category. Anything. Put it on a calmer pad, anything. Then you can start writing down something and it'll still be a part of anything. Hearken, James writes, my brethren, my beloved brethren. Don't you know, I love scripture. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, but rich in faith? That realizes their nothingness and realizing his everythingness? <laughs> yeah, those are words that maybe don't, you won't find in Webster. But I think you understand what I'm saying. I am nothing and he's everything. I will always be nothing and he will ever, always be everything. I'm not saying I'm nothing and I'm not worth anything. I must have been worth something that the king of glory would go from the wrapped parts of glory and come and fashion himself in the form of a man and die on a cross. I must be worth something. But I couldn't save myself. He did. I couldn't deliver myself. He did. I couldn't get filled with God, but he did. Yet the Lord, thing on you, Jeremy, 
Allison thinks on you every day, every moment. Because once in the mind of God, you can't go out of the mind of God. So then what's your need? What's your cry? There's no mountain that is too high. Why do we limit the Lord? I told you to be simple. That's fine. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hearken. Give ear. Don't fall asleep. Don't just pass it by or read it. Hearken. He's got something to say. My beloved brethren, you understand then that he's everything and you're nothing. I believe it was a conductor one time. And he was conducting. I, I was looking it up. I was trying to find it. I read it years ago and it came to my mind. He was a conductor and he was one of the famous conductors, I think from that Boston uh, or whatever they call that orchestra. And he uh, was playing one of Beethoven's what everything. And the, and the sound, and the, like we heard this morning, the piano, the sax, it was tremendous. But there was the, uh, the whole orchestra just, just surrounded that auditorium to just heights where people just stood to their seats and they clapped their hands and they, and they did this. And the conductor, he just turned around. He didn't bow. He didn't point to the first violinist. He didn't even acknowledge the orchestra that had just taken the music sheet and raised the people up into such heavenly places as they would say in their terms. That's our term. And finally, when the clapping stopped and the people stopped and was quiet again, he shouted out, I'm nothing. They're nothing. You're nothing. Beethoven's everything. And I remembered that. And I thought, if I could stand before a people and say, I'm nothing. We're nothing. But Jesus is everything. He's the one that wrote the word. He is the word. We get raptured by the word as we did on Wednesday night. We get lifted up in such heavenly places. And yet some miss it. Some don't. But I want it to be unanimous. I want us to come to service after service. God, meet my need. I'm tired of my unsaved husband. I am tired of my unsaved wife. I want them here. Can I hear an amen? Why? He's my help. And he looketh on Tom Ray. And he looketh on you this morning. And he's your help. And he's your deliverer. And he can set you free. But you got to want it. You got to want it, smoker. You got to want to get set free, drinker. You got to want to get set free. Until you want it, you won't get it. 
Until I wanted salvation, I couldn't get it. I couldn't come 90%. I had to come 100%. You got to come 100% this morning. Jesus, I give you 100%. I give you 100%. I didn't, I want to preach it. I want to, to feel it. Not feeling by feeling, but in the soul. I want you to go out of here and say, that, that God that saw David, who had everything, yet in his estimation, he was poor and needy. Because without God leading us saints, we are nothing. Without God in this church, we're nothing. You're nothing. I'm nothing. These ministers are nothing without Jesus. And if we hadn't been given a message, we have nothing to preach. You go on the internet. You can go listen to anybody you want. There is about as deep as a thimble. But you take this message, it will let you come into the presence of God. And you will understand very quickly what I'm preaching about. When the angel of the Lord himself came to that prophet... And God, rich in mercy, saw me poor and needy. And he thought of Tom Ray. Surely you can give him praise this morning. Because we would have been a Sodomite and a Gomorrahite. But God left us a seed. The seed of his word. Hallelujah. And that seed in you recognized the seed of the word. Hallelujah. We tried to clean up, Dan. Tried to come to church, didn't we? We came year after year, month after month, meeting after meeting, special meeting after special meeting. But it took God. That one time when God comes into your life, you can never be the same again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be a lukewarm message believer. Leave that to them. You worry about yourself. I would that you'd be hot or cold. Well, I choose hot. I choose hot. You can have your lukewarm church and spit out a sermon or do whatever you want. But I want a place where God can move, heal, deliver. Save. Do you know how much a miracle that was on Sunday? When our brother got baptized. Amen. That's a miracle. Hardly understands English. But he found out he is poor, needy. Yet the Lord thinketh on him. Hallelujah. Juniper, the Lord thinketh on you. You might as well put your name there. You might as well just put your name there this morning. The Lord thinketh on EBA. The Lord thinketh on Milko Rabbar. 
the Lord thinketh on you. Hallelujah. Because we're ever in his thought, we're always in his thoughts. Let's catch the thought of God regarding this matter. What a mighty God we indeed serve. Yet the Lord thinketh upon me, my help, my deliverer. I say it was Abraham, I could say it with Adam. Tell me, did it surprise God that Adam fell? Did he go into a pout? Sit on his throne, cower down, and angels patting him. It's okay, Father, it's okay. Elohim, it's okay, Almighty God, it's okay. Now, that's some feeble theology. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. God knew the need of the lamb. And he's the supplier of all our needs. Glory. And it was before the worlds were framed. You were in his mind. And knew that you needed a bloody lamb. Hallelujah. Don't hide this morning. Don't hide in your fig leaf religion of your understanding. Don't hide. Bleeding skins have been dropped down from Revelation 10.1. Bleeding skins have been dropped down. Bleeding word has been given us. Get away from your religion or your own idol of self. I'm this way because this is the way that I am. Well, maybe we need to be and let the Michelangelo start chipping away at you. Because in the mind, Brother Brown said in the masterpiece, deep in the mind of Michelangelo was Moses. And he took a piece of slab of marble and he worked on Moses until it was finished. And the manifestation of his thought was made now visible. So visible and so real, Gabriel, as we know the story, so real to Michelangelo that he struck. The, the, the image and as brother Ed said it was the flaw that was the masterpiece how hard and how long did he work on that masterpiece so let me give you an example who, who has ever heard of Leonardo da Vinci most of us okay right and what is the most famous painting of the world Mona Lisa. How many is a, 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 a like, a, who, who really likes art? Oh, yeah, well, there's a few of us. Okay, it's okay. I mean, that's not sin. I mean, I mean, please, if you like art, you like art. Remember, all inspiration comes from God, okay? I'll, that'll help you a lot. Who likes art? Okay, thank you. Way more hands. Have you ever really studied the Mona Lisa? I was going to put a picture up there of the Mona Lisa. Do you know how many years it took 
for the Mona Lisa to be painted? Anybody here know? No? Seven. I, I don't, I'm going to go through the type, don't worry. <laughs> Took him seven years to paint the Mona Lisa, but he kept it for 16. Because he would study that masterpiece. And next time you look at it, I want you to come and write me a note and say, what's missing? You go, really, Brother Tom? You're going to put us in a class? What's missing? Kim, you know, principal, let's go, let's go. No, he didn't put his hand up for art. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't get it either, Brother Kim, so don't worry. I'll put myself in the same category. I didn't get it. But did you know, just so that when you go home and now check on the internet, she has no eyebrows. I know, that was so profound. <laughs> and you look at it, it's a masterpiece. Classed by the world, a masterpiece. Have you seen the new eyebrow fad? I mean, you take a pencil and it's almost like you want to take your two fingers. You know, you can't get them wide enough and thick enough and long enough. So it really stands out now that she has no eyebrows. So would you say then the flaws in that it makes the masterpiece? I don't know. But I'll tell you how much it's worth. And do I have 45 million? Hmm? I think it's a little bit higher. Do I have 100 million? It's higher. Do I have a billion? Higher. If a painting can be worth 5.5 billion US dollars, one painting, what do you think the bride of Jesus Christ is worth? Think about it. That painting can go up in flames, but you go to glory. That painting could be slashed, but you go to glory. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we still begun. They put a value of such meaningless dollars. And then I thought, wow, that's incredible. That's a lot of money. Last time I checked, 5.5 billion. So I wanted to know, how many artworks does the Vatican have? Good, I don't know how I get the segues, but I get there. Because hey, I've seen Raphael's at the Vatican, Michelangelo's. They have 70,000 artworks. But they don't have the Mona Lisa that's in the Louvre in France. But they have Raphael's ascension, and his little painting is only 45 million. But multiply 70,000 by 45 million, and you get an idea where the wealth of the world is found. You find out, saints, we're not worth that much, are we? In earthly value. But in heavenly value, 
we realize in our need, he's everything. He owns everything. And because I came from him, I own everything. Hallelujah. So this God that sees your need this morning, This God that saw Adam's need and threw the skins down for him. This God that called Abram out of the land of the Chaldean, out of the city of Ur. Come out of her, Abram. Come out of her. I'm going to put you into a land. And he didn't know where he was going. Yet God saw what he would have need of and met Abram's every need. And said, you will have a son. And that seed is a covenant promise given by me. So if God saw Abraham's need from Abram to Abraham, he saw the stages he had to go through. And God has seen your stages. First, the coming out. Then, your separation with Lot. Then, your battles. And all in those trials and situations that you've had, he revealed himself. But when God first revealed himself to Abraham... He revealed himself as the Almighty. And you start to look at the meaning of Almighty. And I would think as I was going through this little study that you could rise up onto your feet and realize if I'm in the thoughts of the Almighty, there's no lot there's no Sodom. There's no war. Remember, he fought five kingdoms. He won every battle. And he got his son. Come on. Come on, keep on, keep with me. God saw his need. And he's the supplier of all your need. He separated from Lot. He won the battle at 75 with 318 shepherds. No record of one dying. So he started with whatever was in his household. Hello? Come on. Stay with me. I want daddies to say amen. He had what God had given him in his household. Say amen. God gives us our children in this token age. Don't give me your doubt. Don't give me your understanding. Give me your faith. Two roads. One road of sight. One road of faith. I'll take faith any day. Hallelujah. Got to go to battle at 75. Got to take his 318 Trained man. What were they trained in? They surely weren't trained in warfare because he just came out of the land of the Chaldeans. 
God watched over him, and he watched over his lineage because it was his promise that he was going to produce a seed through Sarah, and there was no king of Bemelech. Come on, come on. There's no king of Laodicea. There's no king of entertainment. No king. Sorry. No king. That's going to stop this seed from coming forth. Comes the final trial. Comes the final test. And Abraham now has his son. And his son was trained well in, in his worship. And as I preached years ago about it, he was well-trained son. He said, Daddy, we have the wood. We have the fire. But where's the sacrifice? That's a well-trained son. I'd say we should have some real well-trained sons here. Daddy, we got cleaned up this morning. We had breakfast this morning. We come to church this morning. But where's the sacrifice? Where is the lamb? I want to say to you this morning, the lamb is here. The Lord is here to meet every need today. Abraham had a need and God supplied that ram. Brother Bram said at one place, where did that ram come from? There was wolves. There was lions. There was wild animals everywhere. But God had a ram. Notice he said it was a male, not a you. It was a male. It was Christ as a ram that was offered for Isaac. Saints, Jesus was your offering. Hallelujah. Do you want Jesus? Do you need Jesus? Yes, I need Jesus. I need the Word of God. I need the Word of God. So then if he's the Almighty, he's the El Shaddai. He was that breasted one that Brother Bram talked about. He's the strength giver. But El Shaddai is used more in the book of Job than any book of the Bible. 16 times El Shaddai met Job because Job was needy. Job lost everything, but El Shaddai came on the scene. The powerful one is another meaning. Also ties into Jehovah Jireh because you can't separate what God is. As we've preached and the brothers have preached over the years, whether it be the seven compound names of God, you can't divide God in a seventh. You can't say he's my savior and not your healer. He cannot say he's my savior and not my righteousness. Because if you get Jesus, you get everything. And I remember preaching in the log church, taking Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi, taking all the different names, the seven compound names, and taking it through the seven church ages. Because the last one that he reveals himself is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord God is present. And I want to say to you this morning, that God is present this morning to meet your need. Amen. If you've got a need, speak it out. What did Abraham do? Brother Alan King, what did he do? He said, the lad and I shall return. The lad and I. He spoke it. Come on, speak it. I am the bride. I am his victory. Hallelujah. Matthew, this is what you got yourself into. You're the one that accepted Jesus. You're the one that got baptized. <laughs> 
Yeah. Now I get filled with the Holy Ghost. Now I get filled with the fire of God and you'll end up like me. No, no, I'm not saying that. You'll be Matthew. Let Tom be Tom. No, it's all God. He wants us to want him. So then Abraham says to him, he said, son, after he offered the sacrifice, and he said, God has revealed himself again as Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh. But we always say, well, the Lord provides. But Jehovah Jireh has also many meanings to the name. Jehovah Jireh provides. The only reason why he provides, he doesn't provide after the fact. He's already made provision before the fact. Come on. The lamb was slain before the sin. Is that true? So God had provided salvation before you even came on the earth. So God sees and then provides. So he has provision and makes prevision. Amen. It's no surprise that EBA is in the hospital, but God has made a provision of a bleeding lamb at Calvary that by his stripes he is healed. Come on, Brother Milko. By his stripes you are healed. Why? He saw your need. He provided the sacrifice. And now why don't you accept your Need giver. He's my need giver. He provides because he sees. He's my raha. He's my, translated means in the English word, he provides the lamb. He's my sacrifice because he sees the need. He makes its provision and carries out that provision for that particular need. What's your need? You can suppress all and leave it there, or you can just let it out. How many times we pray for Louise, Brother Norm? We will keep on praying. We will keep on storming. We will keep on calling on God. I still believe and deny Satan. I don't look at symptoms. I look at promise. The promise is by his stripes. I'm healed. God is a God that foresees so he can provide your need. He sees you. He sees you, Henry. He sees you, Sam. He sees you. He knows your thoughts before you even think them. He knows your thoughts that you think tomorrow or next week or next month if God gives it to us. He knows what you think of even what you're hearing this morning. He knows everything. He's the Lord God Almighty carrying out his provision for his elected lady. How many of us have foreseen a trouble? It doesn't take actually God to see that. 
if I do this, this is going to happen. How many of us made a judgment call on that? Hmm? How many of us? And some of us made some wrong judgment calls. I have. But you know what I rest in? If God allows a permissive will to take place in my life, he turns it around to the perfect will. Man didn't tell me that. God told me that. What do you mean? God speaks to you? Yep, right through the mouth of a prophet. I don't mean to go his permissive will. I didn't mean to do that. But hey, in my failings, I might do something that is not perfect. But God will turn it out perfect because he says, I'm seed. <laughs> Glory. So God sees us as we foresee. I foresaw. <laughs> I won't get into that. We all foresee. I'll just leave it there. But just because we foresee something doesn't mean we can provide what we foresee. That's the difference between us and God. <laughs> God foresees it, but he also provides. And he never makes a mistake. <laughs> God foresees it. And by foreseeing it, he provides for it. Hmm. How do you think Abraham got Isaac anyway? His bootstraps? Or how did he get it? He got it by believing in what God promised. And because he believed that he would get a seed, he didn't know how it was going to happen, but it happened. Brother Brown tells us the story. He got up one morning and said, hey, Sarah, you're looking pretty pretty this morning. And she says, you're not looking so buff yourself. There's a change taking place. Huh? But who did it? God did it. Because God promised it. He foresaw it. He knew they'd get over. Why? He says the longer it takes, the greater the miracle. Come on, come on, stay with me. The longer it takes, the greater the miracle. If he did it in the first year, it's a miracle. Ten years, it's more of a miracle. Twenty-five years, it's a super miracle. He said, oh, I want it now. God has given you a promise. Has he given you a promise? Brother Roy, has he given you a promise? He has given you a promise. I received that promise. Amen. I'll do battle for that promise. He's the almighty. He's the all-sufficient. And he's the omnipotent God. El Shaddai or El Gabor, the mighty God we preached on. Anything with L before it is saying that's what God is. So God's mighty. God's omnipotent. Why do we limit him? I'm poor. I'm needy. You're the omnipotent one. Then meet my need, Lord. It's just another sermon. 
If it is, I failed you. If you make it that, you failed me. He's my El Shaddai, Rachel. When I listened to the prophet said to that sister, he said, sister, you got acid in your blood that's causing your arthritis. I want you to know you came on my mind and sister Debbie came on my mind. I said, those sisters do not need this thing. When you hear a tape, what do you think, saints? Is it all about you? Is it all about you? It's all about you? It's all about you. It's all about you. My sister deserves to walk in here. Free movement. No pain. I know what pain is. And when you're out of it, you can rejoice because you're not in it. I say in the name of Jesus Christ, may our sisters get a deliverance. Amen. Look around the room. You can look at anybody you want. Everybody's got a need. Can our God meet that need? Is he here to do that? Yes, he is. He's Jehovah Shammah. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't see you getting it right now. Well, that doesn't mean I haven't got it. If you limit it to your understanding, I don't want that. Sorry, sorry. I'll take my understanding of this. I'll take my understanding, my revelation. Come on. You better get a revelation. Because once you caught a revelation, it doesn't stop you from praying. It doesn't stop you from confessing. It doesn't stop it. It just adds more faith to it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing Tom Ray confess. Woo. That was a whole different twist. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Well, where is the word of God? Word of God is in me. I got to confess, and the high priest can't move until I confess. So I'm confessing your deliverance, Debbie. I'm confessing your deliverance, Rachel. I'm confessing all our deliverance. Hallelujah. When a prophet stands back and says, I take control over every spirit that was not William Branham. That was God himself in this generation. This generation. This generation. God veiled in flesh again. I'm gonna, I hope I get to it. I got part two already, so don't worry. I already put it aside. It's under my notes here. So you can see, here it is right here, part two. I knew I wouldn't get it. I take every spirit under my control for the glory of God. People say, wow, that William Brown, how can he do that? He can't do that. But the God that stepped into his body and gave him a temporal resurrection said I take every demon under my control and I gotta believe that same God is amongst his people hallelujah amen brother O'Connor I claim joy for the glory of God hallelujah hey if you want to come for easy believing preaching you can have it Find it somewhere else, but you ain't going to get it here. We're going to challenge you. We're going to build you up. We're going to push you. We're going to hold you. We're going to do everything that we can. But we are going to put the devil under our feet. Amen. I didn't come to church to let the devil beat me up. I came to church to beat the devil up. Is that what you came to church for? 
Amen. Give me my children. Give me my husband. Give me my wife. Give me miracles healing. Give me it. You have supplied it because I'm poor and needy, Lord. Hallelujah. I don't get into this. I command you to do this. Who's commanding God? We don't command God. Say, Lord, your promise says, would you, Lord? (laughs) Come on, Brother Gabriel. You've stirred up a hornet's nest, and I say, keep on stirring. Amen, because you've got control of those hornets. I'll get there. The prophet said the same benefit that the messenger gets for his age, this people of that age get. Mm -hmm. That's out of the church age book. He said the same benefit that the messenger has, you receive. No, I'm not a prophet. I'm Tom Ray. Not I'm not Malachi 4, but I am the bride of Jesus Christ. So I'll draw my benefits from his benefit plan. Come on. You bus drivers know what our benefit plan's all about, don't you, Sam? The benefit says this, I get dental of 80%. I get two weeks sickness off, or maybe five, or whatever the government gives now. That benefit program. Well, God's got the best benefit program on the planet. Uh-huh. If you need a tooth, he'll give you a tooth. If you need a healing, he'll give you a healing. Come on. How about sickness plan? How many days off do you get? Five, I give you none. By my stripes. I love my darling wife. I'll get a sniffle or something and say, I feel a cold coming on or something like that. She said, you do not. (laughs) Deny that thing. I love my help. My my wife, she's my helper. You do not. Oh, yeah, I don't. (laughs) Scared that devil away, didn't I? <laughs> He's my provider. He's my benefit package, Dave. Huh? I, I, my retirement package ha, has nothing to do with, with uh, Trans Mountain High. Right? I don't know what they give you for a month, whatever, but my retirement package, I've got a mansion. Oh, you say, I don't want a mansion. I do. <laughs> You're so humble. You're so humble. But my prophet had a mansion. And I get a part of his benefit package. Yeah. He says, Branhams don't have houses. She said, but this is your house, Bill. I want to be next to every one of you. I don't know where. I guess we're going to be a condominium over there or something. I don't know. Brother Luis, but there's no back hose over yonder. Only spoken words. Isn't it going to be marvelous? What a benefit package we get under this messenger. Churches, churches, brides, churches, but there is coming a bride. I want to say she's here. Hallelujah. She's here. Elijah's God is with us today. He's here to do whatever we or I say. I'll say we and then I'll say I say. Whatever. I say, hmm. I've got enough yet? No? It's a, it's a, it's a good, one of those uh, weird questions. Remember when Esau met Jacob? And Jacob <laughs> sends his wife 
and children before him. <laughs> watch out, sisters, when your husband sends your wife in first. But don't watch out. Just, just believe that there's an angel going to meet them while you're doing the hard stuff. Because he walked different after that, didn't he? Huh? Didn't he walk different? And so now he's going to... Once he wrestled the angel of the Lord, what happened? He wasn't afraid of Esau no more. Come on. Once you wrestle with God and God's in your life, there's no devils, no brothers, no sisters going to trouble you anymore. So what does, that, what does Jacob do? He sends more sheep. He sends goats, sheep. He sends all, and he comes to Esau. And of course, he, Esau, uh, Jacob is thinking, you know, this will appease the wrath of his brother because he stole the birthright from him. But Esau didn't want the sheep, and he didn't want the lambs, and he didn't want that. And he says to Jacob, I have enough. If you take a look up the word enough, Esau's enough was stuff. I have enough stuff. I have enough goats. I got enough sheep. I don't need that. And Jacob says, no, go ahead, go ahead, because I have enough. But it wasn't stuff he was talking about. He was talking about El Shaddai. He said, I got God, and I don't need anything else. I have enough. So one's got stuff, and one's got God. I'll take God. The latest thing is rich and increased with good. Let them have it. It's stuff. But I have God. Hallelujah. I have enough. I have enough stuff as carnal man. And Esau, when he says, I have enough, it means I have him, the spiritual man. It's carnal versus spiritual. Amen. Lord Jesus, he thinks on you this morning. Thinks on your perplexed situations where you can't even come up with an answer. You can try and figure it out and refigure it and refigure it, and it won't happen. But why don't you approach him like David did and say, Lord, I'm poor and needy. I know you think of me, I know you'll make a way. I know you'll deliver me out of this situation. I know you, Lord. Because I've met you before. And I want to meet you again. The Bram said this. The eternal thoughts of God, he thinketh of you. So the eternal thoughts of God, let me ask you, Brother Bram said, are the thoughts of God eternal? Are the, if he thinks of you, you must be eternal. Because he says, are the thoughts of God eternal? If you can see this, you'll see many things. God's unchangeable in both essence and behavior. Behavior. 
That word essence means in his substance or the sum of what God is never changes. God is infinite in his ability, so therefore he as God must be omniscient everywhere. If he's omniscient and he knows all things, then now there is no learning to God. Nor does he take counsel from himself. Nor is he at any time adding to his knowledge. Hmm. My, I think if I've seen, you know, they got that little emoji with the head popped off and the smoke comes out. I don't know if you've seen it. I've just seen about a hundred of them go off right now. <laughs> because this subject is mind-blowing. Come on. If we just get this, Brother Brown said, you get this, you'll get a lot of things. He doesn't take counsel for himself, nor does he add anything to his knowledge. Everything's perfect. If he can add knowledge, then he's not omnipotent or omniscient. But that is not scriptural. He is omniscient. He never had a new thought. Come on, Julie. He never had a new Julie. He's always had Julie, Julie. His thoughts are eternal, and you're in his thinking this morning, so you must be eternal. Eternal in all aspects. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because that is what God is. He always was. Because all his thoughts he has had and always will have and knows the end from the beginning because he's God. Thought, his thoughts are eternal. They are real. <laughs> so you're real. You ever get the expression, get real? I am real. I don't need to get real. I am real. They're not simply like a man with a blueprint, drawing one up and then changing it and making it a different form. What God does is already perfect. Everything God does is perfect. We're not a Leonardo da Vinci. We are not a Michelangelo. There is no flaw in this masterpiece. She is a perfect body. Hallelujah. Now, God's a great being. In the beginning, God, he wasn't even God. To begin with, God is an object of worship. He always existed. A gazillion years ago. Well, what's a gazillion? You can't even think that far. It's just the word that I'm expressing. God never had a beginning. He always was. So now for God to be God, there had to be something to worship him. So God created angels. That's what he said. He created angels. And he became an object of worship. And God was God, but in God was many attributes. And those attributes had to be expressed. And of course, that's another subject. 
But his thoughts are on you this morning. And Amos 3, 2 says, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. I'll take that. Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and thoughts of evil, and many brothers have preached on it to give you an expected end. It doesn't change. But he so thought of you, Tom, he sent you Malachi 4. Because without Malachi 4, come on, help me in this message. I'm going to have three messages. Without Malachi 4, you're not sitting here. Without Malachi 4, saints of God, not one of us would be here. Behold, I send you Elijah. Before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, God foresaw, God saw that we would live in this age. So he sent a prophet. Amen. He sent a message. He sent a word to supply your needs. Glory. Without it, Henry wouldn't be sitting in a hospital room saved. He could step and take another breath and in another dimension. But without this message, he wouldn't have been there. That's right. I know Brother Henry before he got saved. That's how old I am. I seen Henry. I surprised Henry one day. Joanne and I lived up in Brookswood. And Brother Henry was in a Max Milk store. And we needed some milk for our, our baby or something. And Henry is looking at the book rack. He's got his long stringy hair down there along his back. And, and I and, and come to Bible Way a couple of times. And I came right behind him. I go, hey, Henry, what you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, his hair stood up. <laughs> well, he says, I like cars. So he had a, as you would know, Joe, he'd have a hot rod car book looking at like that. I says, you need to look at another book, Henry. He says, I think I do. <laughs> and he did. And God gave him himself. God knew his need, <laughs> and God met his need, and delivered him. If he delivered him once, he can deliver him again. If he's delivered you once, he'll deliver you again, and again, and again, and again, and again. He does not change. Hallelujah. Don't limit God this morning. Ask abundantly that your joy be filled. Hallelujah. Look at the age that the prophet knew that we'd be living in. Look at the time, I'm sorry, that God knew that we would be living in and he sent us a prophet. But look, look, think this age got, caught God by surprise? Absolutely not. How many, here's the prophet said, how many remembers me? Saying way back when, I tell you, watch Russia, watch Russia. The king of the north, watch Russia, the king of the north, watch Russia. That was back in 33 What's our problem? Are you, who's worried about Russia right now? Not me. Not me. We're to watch it. 
Now, let's continue on with me. Continue on. He said, now remember, I say that as this as God's prophet. The Russian Empire will drop an atomic bomb of the sun, some sort on the Vatican City and destroy it in an hour. That's thus saith the Lord. Amen. Brother Ram said in one place he raises it up because of sin. It's only a tool in the hand of God. But it's an indicator that we're going up. Amen. Thus saith the Lord. And the Bible said God took them cruel hearted men and put them in his hands. And they are instruments in his hands to fulfill his will and to bring back to her exactly what's coming to her. It has to have that kind of heart to destroy that cage of every filthy and unclean bird. You think, oh, the Roman Catholic Church, it's a perverted church. But the wealth of the world is found in her. Don't worry about your cryptocurrency investment. I'm not looking at anybody. My Bible doesn't talk about cryptocurrency. It talks about gold. That's what it talks about. And I find out that Brother Bram said she owns the wealth of it. Hmm. A cheery morning service. Doom and gloom. Bombs falling. But the pot can't call the kettle black. Does everybody know that expression? That's the old days when the pots were on the fire and the, the kettle was on the fire. Every, the pot's ke the kettle's black. The kettle's black. The pot's black. Everybody's black. Say, well, it's got a cruel heart. Climb in and it has a cruel heart. Well, that's true. But the pot can't call the kettle black. Then when these women help elect the wrong person, then I see a great woman rise up in the United States. Well-dressed, beautiful, and cruel in her heart. So without Christ, might as well come to the equation, without Christ, you're cruel. And if you have Jesus, you're not cruel. You're kind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Catch us by surprise? Not with this message. Sorry, not with this message. We're not caught flat-footed. I looked up. I looked up earthquakes, California. How many earthquakes? All the people that are going on holidays watch California. I told Michael, he might be going to Arizona. You might be buying beachfront property. California, they have 15,000 fault lines. <laughs> and we think St. Andreas Fault. And yep, that's there. That's a St. Andreas Fault. It's the ring of fire. But in the state of California, they have 15,000 faults. Known faults within the state. 500 are active. 
<laughs> Don't worry, I've been there in one. Brother Ken and I, and we were there. Sister Joanna and I were on the sixth floor or something, eight. Anyways, that old building got... And I said, and Joanne's running around, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, honey, this might be it. Lift up your hands and rejoice. <laughs> hey, I believe what I preach, saints. I believe what I preach. If it's it, let me go. Let me go rejoicing because I'm going to take that next step in another land. And so there I was. So we were there. I said, well, the best thing they say is we go do an exit and go down the stairs because the stairs are... Is that right? It's, uh, so, uh, they're somehow structural better. So we run down the stairs, and little cracks are coming in the wall. I go, woohoo! We're in it. We get out on, on, on the sidewalk, and everybody that works at the hotel are behind their computers. And everybody that's a visitor out of the state of California is on the sidewalk. They're being, what? they've been called wolf too many times, huh? The boy that cried wolf. When it was really wolf. And this little boy, him and his daddy were up at top of the, on top of the hotel. There was a pool. And the, and the, and the water was going splash, splash, splash. And he, they ran. He's got his robe. And the little boy's holding his hand. And it's all over. And his daddy said, son, let's go back. She said, I'm not going back in there. <laughs> oh, my loving brother. When the world's on fire. God has given us his bosom. It wasn't John in his bosom. It was Tim in his bosom. It was Mike in his bosom. It was me in his bosom. Amen. I was with Moses at the Red Sea. I was with Joshua going over Jordan. I was with John. Come on. I was with John laying on Jesus' bosom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch, he says, watch the paper money. Watch it. He says, they're going to, furthermore, the elect will not only be kept, but as this move becomes and erects an image to the beast, the saints will be gone in a rapture. Amen. This little delightful winds movement that they started with their fellowship with the Catholic Church and Protestants coming together. It will control the wealth of the world. And it will refuse them the privilege of buying and selling. In the meantime, Rome has acquired nearly all supplies of gold. The Jews have the bonds and all the paper. At the right time, the harlot will destroy the present-day money system by calling in all the paper and demanding gold. And with no gold, the system falls. And when the system falls, you have no buying power. But at that time, you've got the spoken word. God has foreseen and has provided a word for you in the hour of need. Oh, I didn't finish this. Brother Ricardo and I, or Marco and I, were talking about this. I'm thinking man's filter. He talks about a 1,500-mile chunk. Yeah. 
That's why I was talking about waterfront property. And he talks about 40 miles down. That's a chunk of land. And that's why he says it, that great fault out yonder, waves will shoot plumb all the way up out to the state of Kentucky when it comes. Wow. Wow. And he finally says, look at those earthquakes here in California. I predict before the coming of the Lord Jesus. There's your quote. Who is this? 1964, December 27th. He said, look at the earthquakes over here in California. I predict, Michael, you'll be gone before you get your oceanfront property. Before the coming of the Lord, that God will sink that place. I believe that Hollywood and Los Angeles and them filthy places there, that God Almighty will sink them. They'll go beneath the bottom of the sea, and it's so much sin you see. That's the word. So then God has to provide then a way, because he's the provider, a way of escape. That's called rapture. Sister Fortune, rapture, rapture. There is therefore now no fear because this capstone of love casts out what? No fear. What's your cry? Musicians, why don't you come? What's your need? God's already given us a place of safety where the righteous can run into and are safe. His word. But before these events take place and we see it just homogenizing and just coming all together. And we, we don't know when. We're not prophesying when, the hour, the day. We're not. But we're saying we're in the season of it. Yeah. We're in the season. So what's your need? What's your cry? Do we want to leave our loved ones here and go through a tribulation? Or do we want to see our loved ones get a rapture change? I believe we want to see a rapture change. And it'll be the word himself that God has given to us. And we can say, he's already provided. He's already Provided help. He's provided a way to escape. Every 
I know, I know that God wants to do something this morning in the hearts of his children. That's one thing I do know. And I know he's more than able to meet it exceedingly and more abundantly than you could even ask or think. But how's your believing this morning? How's your believing? Oh, you say, I'm strong like Joshua, Brother Tom. Be strong and be courageous. Yeah. But there came a time when he had to take the inheritance, and Brother Bram said he took a stroll, and he leaned up against the wall of Jericho, and he wondered, how am I going to do this? He was a needy person. But God was there. The captain of the Lord of hosts was present. You say, oh, I wonder how God's going to do this. I want to tell you this morning, you can be strong in the faith and still have a need. Or you could be like Ruth. Naomi, Rahab, woman at the well, blind man, lepers as we heard not too long ago. But you've got a need and you know that God is present to meet that need for you this morning. Then why don't you lift up your hand to him? Not to me, not to me. Lift it up to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, God, I claim my brother's deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, with our hands lifted up, our hearts are lifted up. Lord, you saw the motive which raised the hand. Not because a preacher said, if you just want to lift up your hand. There was something behind that lifting of the hand that you saw. So I'm asking, Lord, you're the great provider. You're the great I am. You're the omnipotent one. You're the almighty God. I pray, Lord, that you will move from individual to individual and meet every need, Lord. Every burden. Every desire. Every longing, Lord every hurt, every wound, every strike, every stress. I pray, God, you'll meet every knee that has been lifted up before the throne of grace this morning. David said, I'm poor and needy, but you thinketh on me. Think on your people this morning, Lord which I know you do. You know their need. Meet it, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, supernaturally meet those needs, Father. Not by emotion, but by the word of faith tucked within the heart. My son is mine. My wife is mine my husband is mine i claim them in the name of jesus christ i'm not ashamed to proclaim my need before a god that's able to supply all my need lord i pray god for every wayward son and daughter of the living God. When that last one is in, Lord, I'm ready. We're all ready. 
we will pray until it's done. God, as your prophet said, send the Holy Ghost after them. And so, Lord, I send the Holy Ghost. Let the Word arrest their hearts. God, whatever you must do to cause them to look to Calvary, do it, Lord. For we claim them in the name of Jesus Christ. We stand shoulder to shoulder with every believer this morning. You see my need. Meet it, Lord. Meet everyone's need. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I ask it in His name. Everything. He's already provided. One more time, softly. He's already provided.
pray a prayer of faith. We believe, Lord. Every brother that's standing here, every sister that is uniting together, we are believing. Jesus, I'm asking, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever the neurons, whatever has to come back into order, I'm asking, God, that you'll do it quickly for our brother Milko. I pray strength to his body. You're the El Shaddai that Abraham nursed from. Lord, and his body became whole. Lord, let his brother Milko's body become whole this morning. Poor? Yes. Needy? Yes. But you thought of him at Calvary. You had him on your mind, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus, we claim the benefits of it, Lord. We claim the benefits of Calvary. Hallelujah. I ask God you give him strength day by day that he'll walk into the vision of a totally healed person. For your glory, Lord, and for your glory alone. Man can do nothing, but God, you can do everything. We look to you, supplier of all our needs. I ask you, touch him, heal him, deliver him, set him free, Lord, for the glory, for your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We don't look at the circumstance, Brother Milko. We look at the word of God. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen. Resist the devil, and he must flee. The devil has to go according to the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only be.
relic around the room. And anybody that has a need, would you please raise your hand? I want everybody to look around the room with that hand raised. So this week, we're going to remember you. Target somebody. As we do on Monday nights, target somebody. Because God is on the move. And all I cry out is one more time, Lord Jesus, meet our needs. God bless you. Greet one another. One linger, that's fine. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.